0: How do you know? How would you know if you shut down a voice? You will know if you're not living your dreams right now.
1: <laughs> right.
0: If there is something you desire that you don't have, and you're and you're not making uh, progressive st- steps for it towards like towards it, where you see that things are showing up and things are you're in momentum, then somewhere you've shut your voice down. And in particular, if you feel stuck somewhere, you've definitely shut it down. Right.
1: On today's episode, I have an incredible interview to share with you. This interview is with Jill Hope, and she is going to completely shift your mindset and give you the actual tools you need to listen to your inner voice. Are you ready? Welcome to the DWP Podcast, my name is Brittany Bird. welcome jill hope six-figure money mindset coach from mompreneurs a writer inspirational speaker and founder of iShine. hi brittany i'm so happy to have you here jill i i know that you have a lot of great information to share with the audience today so tell us a little bit about who you are what you do and what your current accomplishments are
0: yeah yeah, well, I have been in the online world coaching since it's been about 15 years now. And I started out initially doing parenting coaching. And what I noticed is as my son was getting older, my my interest in what I was doing was, was changing. And it got to the point where um, in about 2018, Everything that I was doing in my parenting coaching business was not working. like I, I mean nothing was working. And I was I was one of these people who was such a good student. I you know, would sign up for these coaching programs. I would get on their panels and speak because I just excelled at their programs, but I wasn't making the money that I wanted to make. And so I had this what I call it was like my come to Jesus moment. Where I realized, like, oh my god, I think I'm gonna have to quit my business because it, like, everything was tanking, and I, I didn't know why. And in that moment, I'll never forget it. I, I'm sitting in a corner, just sobbing and sobbing because I had tried so hard. I had tried everything to make my business work, and you know, it was kind of working for a while, but it just was not happening anymore. And my son saw me, and he came running into the room, and he said mommy mommy what's wrong and I said oh honey I said I think I'm gonna have to quit my business and he he looked at me very emphatically and he said mommy you cannot quit your business you have worked so so hard and when he said that and I'm looking into his eyes and I'm like oh my god Jill if you don't figure this thing out Not only am I letting myself and my purpose down, but I'm letting my child down because I'm teaching him that you can't have what you want, that you can't live your life on purpose, right? You can't follow your purpose and your passion and be successful. So what, what happened after that is what led me to do what I'm doing now. I had realized through a series of things that I will not go into now that I was not listening to my own internal voice. Like I had known my interest was waning for a few years in what I was doing, but I didn't listen to that close enough to get the detour, to get the pivot that I needed to take so that I could be doing what was really be, I was being guided to do. And so what I do now is that I help women who um, primarily who are in business, but have not been able to break through the six figure It's kind of like the glass ceiling on the online business world is getting through that six figure mark in their business because that's what was happening to me. I just couldn't break through until I started listening to myself. So I help women to tune in to their authentic voice and then infuse that into every aspect of their business to create the money and the success that they desire.
1: It's so interesting that it's, you really focus on the internal voice because I think a lot of people try to look outside to find solutions and you're really focusing on what you feel, what is inside, what your thoughts are about yourself and how you handle certain situations to find success in those areas. So what do you think is maybe some of the reasons why we don't listen to that voice?
0: You know, for, for, well for all people but in particular i think it affects women the most is it's due to our conditioning we are conditioned from very a very very young age to listen to everyone outside of us to listen to the voices of authority you know first it's our our parents or guardians then it's our teachers it's our religious leaders we're always taught and guided to listen outside and in fact it, it, to the point where in, as we're conditioning our children, and I used to teach this in my my parenting coaching as well, that we condition kids to lose touch with their own inner voice. And and we, we actually, like I, I've even heard myself say this to my son, and then I catch myself, is that we think that we know more about how they feel than they know. And when we teach a child that, and then that child grows up, that child does not know how to listen to themselves. And if they do hear their inner voice, they don't trust it. They don't trust it enough to be guided from that place. So that's that's largely, I believe, why women are just kind of untrained out of listening to their voice. And then, I mean, the, the thing that, and the reason why I say it, it affects women more than men is because then women also have the added factor of being people pleasers generally. You know, we want to nurture everyone but ourselves. Like we we are often not even on our own list. And so we get very used to putting our desires to the side and not listening to that voice that is always, you know, pulling us forward if we
1: would actually stop and pay attention to it. Right. And when you talk about internal voice, what kinds of things should we be listening for?
0: So there, what I discovered as I started to really settle into, who am I? what do I want?" and you know, what is my voice? Like, who am I?" Uh, what I realized is we don't have just one authentic voice. There are actually five voices that make up our authentic voice. So what we want to be listening for is, number, first and foremost, because this is where everything starts is your voice of desire. The voice of desire is what it's how you know what to focus on next, you know. So it's for for a lot of women we we don't even know what we want anymore. And that comes as I said from the conditioning. We were we're so guided by what other people want and making sure everyone else has what they want, we don't think about what we want. So like for me with the voice of desire I literally, and I am not exaggerating when I say this, I literally spent an entire year sitting with one question. And that one question was, what does Jill want? I mean, I, I had to get familiar with, when do I want to brush my teeth? What do I want to eat for lunch today? you know, Do I want to, to sit and be quiet and peaceful with my thoughts? Or do I want to go for a walk? Or do I want to work right now? I I really had to listen in and know how, like what I really desire. And that goes for the big desires too. You know, like what is the biggest desire of my heart? Not what I think I can have or what I can accomplish or what other people
1: will approve of, but what do I really want? Yeah, I love that you said what people will approve of because I think that that's sometimes the thing too is like, especially if you're trying to make a big change in your life, Even if it is what you want and you know it's what you want, you almost feel like you have to make sure that it's what other people want before you go for it. And if you have this doubt in your mind that they won't approve of it, it it holds you back.
0: A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And we have to train ourselves. I mean, it's not an easy shift to make for a lot of women to stop caring what other people think, but we actually need to do it if we want to. Really live our uh, on purpose and really live our desires and and make them manifest in our life. I mean, it, it is essential, absolutely essential.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And so, desire is one of the voices. What are some of the other things we should be listening for?
0: Yeah. So the the second voice is the voice of intuition. And either I've noticed that people say, "Well, I'm not intuitive," which is not true, by the way. We are all intuitive. It's just that some people are more naturally tuned in to that voice, that higher, the voice of the higher self, or they've practiced it, you know, but we all have the ability to receive higher level information if you know how to do it. And if you know how your voice of intuition speaks to you, and that is a learnable skill, but we're all intuitive, but either women will think that they're not, or what I see more often is that women They hear their you know they hear some intuitive information, but they doubt it and they're not sure. And so they want to go outside of themselves. And you know, a lot of the women I work with, they and there's nothing wrong with this, but they're they'll they like to pull the oracle cards or they'll they'll go to a a psychic, and there is absolutely nothing wrong with that if that's what you want to do. But the truth is that we have all have access to that information within ourselves, the you know, and it's probably more accurate because we're not going through someone else's filter when we're receiving it. So it's really connecting with that intuitive voice and then learning how to trust it. And that does, it's a practice. It does take time, but it's so important because what the intuitive voice will give you is it will give you your next steps. It'll put you where you need to be to um, create those opportunities, to create those synchronicities, to happen to, 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 um need that one person that is actually going to lead you, you know, bring the next opportunity to you. Uh, so it's it's really huge, the voice of intuition.
1: So with intuition, do you feel like that kind of comes down to because women are people pleasers, that's why they stop listening or paying attention to that intuition? Because they're waiting for other people to give them the answers.
0: A lot of times, yes, absolutely. Um it's so funny. It's like, I remember working with this woman uh, many years ago now. She signed up to do some coaching with me. And in her first session, she came to me. She had a, a big problem. She, actually, it wasn't a huge problem, but it was really stopping her from moving forward. And she just wasn't able to solve it. So she brought it to me. And in our very first session, I, you know, we talked about it. And then I said, well, how about if you try this? and I gave her, I can't remember what the situation was specifically. And she said, oh, you know, I thought of that, but I guess I needed permission to do that, to know that that's okay. So yeah, we, we don't, I don't know, like if it's that we don't trust ourselves because again, it's, we're so conditioned to listen to outside voices and that that's the right way. But But that's, yeah, it's a big issue that we don't actually
1: give ourselves permission to follow our own voice. Right, right. So we have desire, we have intuition. What's the next voice? And we've got the voice of self-acceptance. And this is a tough
0: one for, I would say this one and then the next one that I'll share with you are probably the most challenging voices for women to Really own, but very possible. I've seen amazing growth in my clients who are able to really embrace this. And what this really comes down to I mean, it's a number of things, but in a nutshell, it's accepting the parts of you that you don't find acceptable, that you don't actually like. Okay. <laughs> like, for example, if you think you're bossy, it's actually accepting that, yes, I am bossy and that's okay um if you know if you think you're stupid I mean one of mine was well I never wanted to appear stupid so think about this for a minute if if you never want to appear stupid are you going to speak up when you know when you have an opinion on something are you going to put yourself out there in a way that could potentially have people you know look at you and think that you're doing it quote unquote wrong um are you going to to allow yourself to potentially be in a situation where you make a mistake? Probably not. So just that one belief that, you know, I I can't survive if someone thinks I'm stupid, that one belief affected so many decisions. It kept me from growing my business. It just, it kept me stuck and it kept me small. So it's these things that we don't really think about. I, I never would have thought that you know, worrying about looking stupid was holding me back to the extent that it was because I'm pretty out there. I'm, I can be pretty bold. So the fact that that showed up for me was was surprising and so freeing. So we we want to look for these areas of ourselves that we just deem to be so mortifying if people find them out about us, you know, and I will admit now, yes, I I can be really stupid at times. And you know what? that I don't care because I, if I can go out there and be me, my stupid self and all, all of me, the good and the bad, I will connect with people that relate to that and that know that I can see them too, and I can help them. So we do want to embrace those parts of us that we just don't deem to be okay.
1: Yes. And, you know, in my master class, I talk a lot about self-love and Self-awareness is, I think, a big part of that as well is, you know, so many people see themselves through other people's eyes that they don't even know who they are anymore because they're so focused on what other people think of them. And so I think that understanding You know who you are, and then going into that step of, like you said, accepting who you are and wanting to be your most authentic self around other people. I think that's so powerful to really go out into every single day knowing that you are one hundred percent you. Yes, and you know, and it's it's so much more comfortable.
0: (laughs) You know, when you can be one hundred percent you in whatever you do, it you release so much energy that has been balled up, keeping you tight and shut down and like, well, I can't show this part of me and I can't show this part of me. And do you realize how much energy that sucks away from what you are trying to accomplish? It's just, it's unbelievable. I mean, I discovered I I was always so tired, right? Like all through my twenties and thirties and even into my forties. So, so tired. But when I awakened to and really connected with with who I am and really accepted me for who I am, my flaws and all, I don't need that much sleep anymore. I mean, I like I have so much more energy. So you know, just think about that alone. If if you're someone who's feels like you don't have the energy to you know make your business grow or, or whatever it is, imagine the energy you could free if you weren't so worried about what other people think about you.
1: I've really gotten past this a lot in the past, though. I remember staying up at night. I wanted to go to bed. I wanted to go to sleep, but I would just stay up at night and replay conversations that I had with other people throughout the day and how I wish I would have said something different or I wish I would have acted different. And you're right. That just takes up so much energy because at the end of the day, all of that's what I feel like I should have done to make them happy. Where in the end, what I said was the right thing to say because it was me being my authentic self. Yes, 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 yes.
0: Yeah. I mean, not only do, do we do that, but we also want to talk to other people. Like, this is what I said to her. Do you think, you know, what do you think? Did this sound bad? Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, there's so you're right. It just, there's so much energy tied up in that. Yeah.
1: So you said that there was another one that was also very challenging. What is that next voice?
0: Yeah. The, the most challenging voice of all of these voices is the voice of trust. Fundamentally, in all of my experience, 15 years coaching women, that the biggest challenge they have is they don't at a very fundamental level trust themselves. And it's really, really sad because that's that's all we've got. You know, you've got yourself, you've got God, you know, or whatever your view of God is. So when we are not willing to trust ourselves for whatever reason, and and like I said at the beginning, I believe a large part of it has to do with how we were conditioned, Um, but, you know, it's this constant second guessing, not following through, blaming the economy, blaming the clients that didn't resign, blaming, you know, blaming everything Outside of us instead of just trusting that whatever is showing up is showing up for a reason. And this voice of trust, it is not just about trusting yourself, but it is also trusting God's source universe to do their part to, you know, support you. Right. So we really got have work to do around having more trust and knowing how to decipher when a circumstance shows up. How should we be viewing that circumstance? and that that is that alone is freeing when you can control your perspective and you can see the truth rather than making up stories about what it means or that it's a sign that I shouldn't be doing this or any of that stuff that we tell ourselves that is just not true. um so yeah, voice of trust huge for women
1: and you know, you had said that it's very challenging to trust in the process and yourself and I think that sometimes it's a lot about action. You know, if if we don't believe that something can happen, we never take the action to achieve it. So that trust is very limiting and it stops us from getting to where we want to be. Yeah. Yeah, you are
0: absolutely right and it's and I'm glad you brought up the action piece because with all, you know, all this stuff, all these voices we're talking about and the internal work the internal work is a huge part of it. I mean, I, I forget, Bob Proctor, I think it was, that said that the, the mindset piece is like over 90%. So it might even be like 98% of success and the other 2% is the action. But the thing is, the mindset does not matter if you're not willing to take the action that goes along with that. So you, you're you absolutely right. Like The action piece is critical. It's key. And if we do not trust ourselves, if we do not fully believe in ourselves, if we don't think we can actually have what we want, yeah, why are we going to put ourselves out there and take actions that feel uncomfortable? And they always do. They always feel uncomfortable the first one, two, three times that you do it before it starts to become natural.
1: Yes. And I think that there's so often times where we're waiting. We're waiting for the universe to give us a sign or we're waiting for all of the dominoes to line up perfect in front of us before we take that action. But, you know, it's all about deciding what you want to do and going after it. So I totally agree with that. So just to recap, you said there were five voices. So we've talked about desire, intuition, trust, and we also talked about self-acceptance hmm so what is that last and final voice? So the last voice
0: is the voice of money. And that might sound like it doesn't really fit in with the other ones. It's kind of like the odd, odd man out, but the voice of money is so crucial because we as women, as people on this planet have such a messed up uh, thought process around money and how we relate to money. And so we, what I discovered is there is a, a very unique voice that speaks to us as money. And it's, you know, it behooves us all to really get to know your voice of money. And, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll just do a course just on your voice of money, because like there's so much there that we have to unpack and, and unpeel to really get down to the heart of Uh, you know, what's stopping you because nine times out of 10, there's a money component. There's some belief around the money that is keeping you small. Why do you think that that's such a challenge for people? Again, it does. I hate to keep saying this, but it's I'm saying it because it's true. It goes back to conditioning and and what we but but not even so much. I mean, a, a lot of parental conditioning, but societal conditioning, you know, and cultural conditioning around money affects us very strongly. You know there there's so much limited thinking around money that that is just pervasive through life and it's it's impossible to get away from it. And so people most people that I work with, I mean there's there's not just one or two things around money that they need to straighten up. There's usually a little basket full of things that we need to unpack and look at because of this, how pervasive the, the limiting beliefs are in our society around money.
1: I actually recently did an interview with a transformational travel coach, which she'll be featured on a later episode, but she was talking a lot about how many people would not even go on a vacation because they were so worried about the money they were going to spend on it. And it wasn't even that they didn't have the money. It was just all of the excuses they lined up, again, in their mindset. And money just happened to be one of them. And it was one that they just put so much focus on. And, you know, I I have this kind of mentality that money comes, money goes. But the experiences, the, the memories, the things that we're able to accomplish doesn't go away. And so I think that that's a huge part of that, too, is so many people are scared of the what ifs um, surrounding money that they hold back so much of their potential.
0: Absolutely. And, and you know the reality is that most people believe that money is a cause, meaning they think, well, I can't do X, Y, Z until I have the money. Money is not a cause of what you can do. Money is merely an effect of certain actions that you take. That's all it is. When you change your actions, money will change in response to those actions. So, you know, a big, big fundamental mindset shift for people is to realize this, is to realize our money is just an effect. It's just uh, an effect of you doing certain things, thinking in certain ways, and so on. So, When you take different actions, money is going to respond differently to you. If you continue to do the same thing, if you, um, you know, shut down the desires because, oh, I don't have the money, you stay caught in a box that you can't get out of.
1: So I love that you're talking about these inner voices and how they can hold us back, because I think that's exactly what happens is if we're not listening to what's really inside of us we're limiting ourselves. And I love all of this advice that you've given us. Could you tell me or the audience, what would you tell someone who has shut that voice down? So I can tell you for one thing is that
0: the vast majority of people have shut that voice down uh, in some way, shape or form. It might not be all five of the voices, but they've shut down probably multiple of them. So if that is the situation and how would you know that that's maybe maybe we should go there first? How do you know? How would you know if you shut down a voice? You will know if you're not living your dreams right now. <laughs> <laughs> right. If there's something you desire that you don't have and you're and you're not making uh progressive steps for it, Towards, like towards it, where you see that things are showing up and things are, you're in momentum, then somewhere you've shut your voice down. And in particular, if you feel stuck somewhere, you've definitely shut it down, right? So what can you do in that situation? I always start with the, with the basic because, and that's the voice of desire, because if you don't know what you want or you're not willing to admit what you want, or you're not willing to give yourself permission to want what you want, everything stops there. Like for me, where I had to start was literally to determine what are the desires of Jill? Because I didn't know. I I wasn't sure. Is this something that my dad wants for me? Is this something that my husband wants for me? Or is it what I want? And so sometimes that's the best place to start is just what do I want? And, you know, write it out on a sheet sheet of paper. I would sit down and almost every day I would make a list of my desires. And yes, it was repetitive. But it got me to really know who, who am I, what is, what is it that is in my heart and in my soul to experience and get comfortable saying, claiming it, you know, saying this is what I want. So that's a really, really powerful place to start for, for most people.
1: I think in addition to what do you want, sometimes if that's not, if it's not coming to you, sometimes it's good to think about what you don't want and really deciding that especially if things that you don't want are currently in your life. How are you going to make that shift to what do I want and how am I going to use that authentic inner voice to get there? Yes. I'm so glad you brought that up because it's true.
0: A lot of people can't even conceptualize a desire. They just, they can't, they only know what is in their environment that they cannot stand whatever's happening that they do not like, they do not want in their life. So yes, that is a good place to start. If you don't even know what you want, list everything out that you don't want and then ask yourself, okay, what would be the opposite of that? If I didn't have that, what would it look like? <laughs> what, what what might I be experiencing instead? So if I didn't have you know, $60,000 in debt, what would be the opposite of that? I would be like my bank account would be overflowing. I would have, you know, $20,000 extra in, left in my bank account every month, for example. That, that's a, a nice way to, to get to where, you know, seeing what you do want. So thanks for bringing that
1: up. I think a lot of us are thinking about bigger futures, but sometimes we don't know what that looks like. So desire first. And then what would you go into next? What would be the next step once they decide what they want? I, I, there's part of me that hesitates to say this, but I'm going to say it anyways. It,
0: it can sound negative and it can be, but I, it's, it is important. I would list, I would do two, two things. I would, and this is around the voice of self-acceptance. I would get clear on, and, and to the point of writing it down, what parts of you do you hide from other people? What are those parts of you that you do not like? and that you don't want other people to know about. And look at it on paper. Because what happens is we, it's kind of like the stuff in the closet that we don't even really want to see what's there because it's, it feels scary because the lights are off and it just, it, you know, it's like creepy figures and it feels scary and we don't want to even go there. But if you can look at it and you can say, okay, sometimes I'm kind of, I can be unreasonable. I'm just I'm just making some stuff up. Sometimes I can be a little unreasonable. Sometimes I can be a little bossy. One for me was um, when I was doing my parenting stuff and I was local, I was speaking for the parent university here. <laughs> I would go to the grocery store and I'm like, Joe, you've got to be on your best behavior because there might be someone that was in one of your audiences that sees you. And so you better not like be yelling at your son and you know, And so it looks like, oh, my God, that's just not like all parents at times are going to yell at their children, especially if they're running around the grocery store being crazy and potentially getting lost. But I I had this unrealistic, unrealistic expectation that I could never show that I was actually a real parent. So, you know, what are those things that we don't want people to see?
1: Yeah, I think that goes really deep into our authentic voices. Who are we really and who are we hiding from mm-hmm. everyone else? That's a great, great tip. So Jill, I'm, I really want to thank you so much for being on this episode and giving us so many amazing tips and giving us your insight on these inner voices. But I know that probably a lot of people listening want to learn more about what you have to say. So what are some ways that they can um, get more of Jill Hope in their life?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Based on where we went with this interview today, I have a pretty cool free gift. It's seven inner shifts to boost your wealth now. It is a training I did a couple of years ago. Uh, It comes with a companion guide that has journal prompts to help really deepen these seven things, these seven big ideas, their, their mindset shifts that make a huge difference in your outlook on life and in your perspective when it comes to money. So, I would recommend that everyone get that. I think it's only like 30 minutes, so it's it's not hard to listen to. It's an audio. If I would I would recommend doing it with the companion guide so that you can deepen your what your takeaways are on that, but it's it'll wake you up in a few areas to thinking that may not be serving you right now and maybe keeping the money back, holding it back or pinching it off. So, um, so I would recommend people go grab that free gift. Once you do, you're in my community. Um, I share free videos and tons of resources all the time. Um, and I would love to support anyone who wants to build their money and create a more successful business and just feel authentic in who you're being.
1: And there you have it. I challenge you this week to consider those inner voices. Are you listening to them? What are you leaving on the table by not doing so? Don't forget to grab Jill's free gift in the description of this episode. And come back next week where we will continue to travel through the mindset with transformational travel coach Claire Pritchett. She has some incredible advice to give to us when it comes to stepping out of our comfort zone and really finding where we need to be in life. See you next week.